Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready for a digital dive? You're listening to the GZ Chop Shop Podcast, the weekly tech and gaming media podcast that breaks down the latest news, lore, and more. So plug in, because the GZ Chop Shop starts now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the GZ Chop Shop Podcast. I am your host, Project Tachi, joined by my good friend, co-host, Warners, and... It's no secret that we love video games, obviously. I mean, that's what created this podcast. And when Final Fantasy 16 was announced, I was excited. When it finally dropped almost two weeks ago, obviously, I had to get my hands on it to play it for myself. And I was super, super duper excited about it. But unfortunately, a lot of reviews have come out and Basically, they've boiled down to personal taste instead of objectively judging the game based on mechanics, story, uh, replayability, replayability, all of that. So what we're going to do today is we're going to cut through all of that noise, provide an honest discussion about what real critics and us as gamers think about Final Fantasy and discuss review bombing. And pretty much, I guess, how it started and what leads to it and how much trust you should put in game reviews. So let's dive right in. Um, Final Fantasy 16 has a high critical score of like 88, 89 on Metacritic, which honestly, that's phenomenal. It's hard to get a high score like that on Metacritic. And for the most part, most players are enjoying Final Fantasy. They're they're actually enjoying it thoroughly. I've been playing it. I'm at the end of the game and I have loved every minute. This has been the almost the only game I've played for about 2 weeks straight because it's just been that good. And I'm a Final Fantasy fan. I love Final Fantasy. I love Square Enix as a developer. I love most of the games that they put out outside of Final Fantasy. And I, when the review bomb started, they started almost immediately, like the day after the game came out. And it was, first of all, it was a lot of people saying, oh, the game is too easy. You just press a button. You can do all of this stuff. And a lot of people called those reviewers, those content creators out saying, well, hey, if you take off the items that literally say it puts the game on easy mode and this is what you'll do you'll find out the game is not as easy as you think it is. So you've got these reviewers and content creators that are keeping their easy items on and then complaining that the game is easy. But the thing is, they're already doing the damage. They've got a big following. So they got all of these people believing them 
that Final Fantasy 16 was just this half-assed game. And telling people, oh, not to buy it. And the thing is, a lot of people, they, a lot of gamers can't think for themselves anymore. Because when I tell you, I go in the comments and I'm just hoping that people will have the mental fortitude to think for themselves or at least go try the demo. I can't tell you how many people went and said, oh man, I'm glad I watched this video and I just saved myself 60 bucks. And I'm like, okay, well, did you try the demo? And a lot of them were like, well, no, I just watched this 24 minute video and I pretty much know all I know. It's, it's boring. It's, it's, you know, it's not as exciting that the world looks very, very bad, very boring. And I'm like, well, see, that's the thing. You're watching someone else play at the pace and the way they play. How someone, no two people play a game exactly alike. Even when there's metas and stuff, no two people approach a game exactly the same way. You got people who go and they try to dive straight into the story, rush to the finish line as fast as possible. Uh, whether it's just to be able to say they beat it to avoid spoilers or because they're a content creator and they're trying to get their video out as fast as possible. And then you got players that are like me. We stop at every side quest we come across along the way. We do that for about a good 50 to 75% of the game. And then once we realize we're close to the end, we, we try to beeline to the end because we're like, well, we're so close to the end. Let's just get to the end so we can say we beat the game. And then there's those who it might take them years to get through a game. It's not that they don't enjoy it. It's time constraints. They got to take it step by step by step. So everyone plays the game differently. And especially with Final Fantasy, the combat you can play that completely different. It's not a generic combat system where it's straightforward. These are your abilities, the only abilities you have, and this is how everyone's going to play the game exactly the same. I'm like, no, Burn and I both play Final Fantasy 16. We both played it for about the same amount of time. We're about at the same parts in the game. And when we talk about how we play, we both play completely different. He's a, he's a, uh, DMC, Devil May Cry veteran. So he was approaching the game like Devil May Cry, full on action, um, dodging all attacks, and then just going in whooping ass. I play more cautiously, so I'm more of a counter Clive. I counter my enemies, punish them, then go in strong. So there's so many different ways to approach the game. So I was very like confused when people were saying, oh, the combat's so easy, you just press one button and win. And I'm like, I don't know about you, but I took the items off. I put the game in action focused mode and I've died a few times. And I'm actually I actually think I'm really decent at the game. Um, and then other complaints I was seeing were people were saying, oh, well, the world is drab and there's not a lot to do. Um, it's just so barren. And, and the thing that was bugging me was like, do you not understand the premise of the game? It is a dark fantasy. This is a dark fantasy, final fantasy. If you went beyond 24 minutes of the story for your immediate boredom, you would realize why the world is drab. If the world was bright and cheerful and had a million and one things for you to do, it would detract from what the story is trying to convey. It is a dark, political, emotionally driven fantasy. The world is meant to be empty and bleak. It's part of the lore. It's part of the story. If they got from behind their tunnel vision goggles for five seconds, 
and actually invested in literally the first 15 minutes of the story, you would realize that. The world is designed exactly how it's meant to be. It's all connected. And all the side quests are relevant to the main story. And this made me realize there's there's different crowds, especially in regards to Final Fantasy 16. You've got the OG Final Fantasy fans who, I hate to say this, especially if you're from the, the Western side of Hemsphere, we're not OG. Because we didn't know about Final Fantasy until the second one actually came out. We call it our first one. It's the second one. So we're not even actually OGs. We didn't get into the Final Fantasy era until after it already had two, almost three games out. And then when we hit seven, we on the Western side got stuck there. After that, every game had to be Final Fantasy seven. If it wasn't seven, no one wanted anything to do with it. It was seven or nothing. And I think that's what happened because when 16 came out, um, everyone was making a fuss about the change in the formula. Hello, this is not the first action-based Final Fantasy in the numerical versions. It's, it's not the first. It's changed how it's approached action, but it's not the first one. But everyone was complaining about, oh, well, it's action oriented. And, and a lot of people were like, oh, well, Final Fantasy lost their way a long time ago. I didn't know they had to stick to one formula. They started with one and then they changed it because every iteration of Final Fantasy is a different universe. It's a whole different universe to, to <laughs> for the anime fans. It's like the Fate series. I was just thinking that. <laughs> It's like the Fate series. They all are called Fate, but they're all different iterations. So that's Final Fantasy. They're all Final Fantasy, yes. And they kind of messed up being numerical, which is something they want to do away with. It's been suggested just do away with the numbers and watch people stop complaining. But they're all different iterations of the universe under the namesake. So they're, they're all their own stories. So, of course, it allows them to experiment with different battle styles because how combat is handled in that universe. And when 15 came out, people were kind of giving it lack, you know, lackluster. But at the same time, a lot of people didn't finish 15. So the whole goal of 16 was Square Enix wanted to introduce a game that anyone could finish. Anyone. Because a lot of people leave Final Fantasy games unfinished. I'm guilty of it, too. I've had Final Fantasy seven remakes since it came out. I still haven't finished it. I think I'm like over halfway. But there was just it was so overwhelming that it started feeling like a chore. I didn't finish it. I'm actually going to finish 16. I did finish 15 um, and I spent a lot of time in 14. But they actually created a game that anyone could finish. They wanted people to finish this Final Fantasy. Uh but I think a lot of people are just resistant to change because with turn-based combat, you can take all the time in the world, plan on your moves perfectly, heal your team and buff yourself up and leave some things up to RNG. It's a slow pace, but 16, you have to think fast and react faster. And I think that throws a lot of people off who don't like to actually 
uh, who've never played action games. So instead of just saying, you know what, this one's not for me, they're instead attacking it in hopes that Square will hear them whining and revert back to its original style. Um, the other group of review bombers, and and I might be wrong, but I highly doubt it, is the Xbox fan base. Um, now, there, there's been a lot of Xbox fan base review bombing, not just Final Fantasy, but all around, especially recently, since a lot of things have kind of kind of come to light. And Xbox basically admitted, I, I say defeat. I don't really look at the whole console war thing as, as something that's relevant or meaningful in any way. Um, I just think Xbox is a garbage console anyways. I've always felt that way, but you know where I stand on that. I mean, I, I have a, a PC. There's zero reason for me to own an Xbox. Um, but yeah, they, they've been review bombing shit for a while. Um, and then there was that whole thing with uh, complaining about lack of IPs and stuff. But that I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, the review bombing has uh, gotten a little wild lately. And um, would you like to know who started this, Satachi? Absolutely, yes. So, do you remember a game back in 2008 called Spore? Yes. Spore was actually a huge hit. It was it was a, a great game. It got great uh, great reviews. Um, even to this day, I know people that occasionally have it downloaded and play it. So EA did this thing when that game was released, 2008. Uh, they released it with software that if you you were only allowed three installs on that game. And there was some kind of bug in place. I forget exactly what it was, but basically, if you like, I think it was like if you deleted the game and reinstalled it back on the same computer, it still counted as an install. So mm. if you were to like try to move it onto like another computer or another account or something, um, it wouldn't let you like it would screw up and people were like buying new computers or, you know, laptops and trying to train, like download steam and, and transfer games. And they weren't allowed to, there was like a software issue that was bugged as well. So E so Spore took heat for that, even though it was EA's fault and EA didn't really do anything about it. And they didn't really care. I think, I think at some point, some years later, like a year or two later, they ended up, uh, like resolving it, but by then it was too late. Spore was the first game to get review bombed, and it was the first game historically. Um, well, not just game, but it was the first time historically that the phrase "review bomb" was used. So this EA, you guys can blame EA for what review bombing is now. Which figures because we all know EA is a big fat pile of Triceratops shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because cause then when you go back, it's like, dang, e EA caused a lot of problems. Yep. And the fact that they're still going as a juggernaut company is mind-boggling. Like, is that our fault? Go go look up some <laughs> of their some of their NF their Madden games. They they have a couple Madden games, and I think the last one was uh 20, it was 2020 or 2021. I'm, I mean, I'm not like a big I don't I don't play sports games, but um I think I have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that that game is still sitting on their website. Reviewed at point two, 
for yeah, as a review. Point to not two, not two percent. Point two, and and that was last I checked, which was a little while back. But yeah, and they they have a they have a a few sport games on there that are close to that that like low level of viewing. You know, it's really it's it it it's and it's <laughs> we know that the tradition is never going to die. Obviously, we're looking at over a decade, uh, pushing 20 years of review bombing culture, but it really has ramped up in the last few years. Um, yeah, it's, it's post COVID. It's gotten worse. And it, it, it started with video games. I think Mass Effect 3 was the first one that um, became like, 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 became the most, like, the most infamous review bombing because I, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm assuming you played Mass Three, but the ending was pretty. Um, the ending. Pretty, pretty, everyone felt robbed. Everyone felt robbed, and then uh, later on they they came out with like a DLC to kind of give everyone what they wanted, and I mean at that pa- point paid DLC. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was the first one that was like f- like infamous and like like widespread all over the place that made like like headlines on IGN and stuff. Um, and then I think Borderlands three was a big one that got review bombed. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, what, what was another one? Uh, last, the last of us part two, um, that, but yeah. that one, that one, not that I agree with review bombing, but that one got hate for different reasons. Like it wasn't like mm-hmm. mechanics or, you know, it was, it was more like characters and, and how they went about, um, character uh, development and stuff. Um, and and critical critical parts of the story. We're, I'm not going to spoil anything. I mean, at this point, everyone knows. But for those sure, who probably sure. are still hanging on the hanging on to but, play for themselves, yeah, we've we've watched review bombing. It started in 2008, people, and we've watched it evolve since then. So anytime another one, um, recently this year, Forspoken, did it? It got review bombed. Oh, that got terribly. Yeah, that got torn apart. Wow, um, I didn't know. The only reason you don't hear much about it is because it it's not considered a triple A. So as fast as it came out, it died even faster. But it got it got review it got review bombed. Um because I I had a huge issue with it. And I knew it's a it was it's a square game too. That's another Square Enix game. And that's why I say the Final Fantasy community is so fickle. Once again, and I don't want to say the entire Final Fantasy community because I, you know, in in Japan, they seem to be more accepting of the games that other games that Square puts out. So at least on the Western front, we don't want anything that's not Final Fantasy from Square. Like, for some reason, we feel like the only game they can put out is Final Fantasy. And if it's not Final Fantasy, it's hot garbage. And... The people that comment and review this have no problem saying that they'll be like, oh, Square hasn't had a, a, a winner in X amount of time because it's not Final Fantasy. Like they'll just blatantly say because it's not Final Fantasy. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. So like a lot of sleeper games just get overlooked because people just refuse to play it because it do- doesn't have the Final Fantasy title. And Forspoken was one of those that I played the demo for and I thought it was great. It was a different approach. You had a a refreshing face lead and a story that didn't want to take itself too seriously, 
it wanted to be like a, a fantasy. Yeah, there's there's a a, a a dark start to it, but I knew. I knew that it was going to get review bombed and I know some people will probably disagree with me. And the more that people disagree with it, the the harder they disagree with it, the more I'm like, that's proving that it is because you're so desperately trying to say it isn't that it is. It's like a liar trying so hard to make their lie believable. Honestly, like, and you know, I, I mean, I mean, no, like direct hate um, because I mean, I mean all the hate I say this. Um, <laughs> so if you feel attacked, it's because you're the problem. I mean yeah. that like uh, most of the time when someone's complaining about a game, it's because they're just bad at the game. And I'm not, you know, there's games that I have been bad at, but I I'm like, yeah, I, I suck at this game. You don't see me playing apex that often because I suck at that game. Yep, so I'm not going to get on apex and like, I'm not super great at first person shooters anymore. I don't play them that often. So, with that said, I'm not going to play it on purpose and then get mad when I don't win and then go review bomb the game and then say this game sucks. Exactly the game doesn't happened. suck. I suck. Yeah. And I think that's what was happening because one of the justifiable reviews that I read, one of the few for a game like Forspoken, was that it was a different type of mechanic that had a steep learning curve. But once you learned it, it was fluid. It was fun. It was it was fresh. It was something new. But a lot of people just didn't want to give it that chance. A lot of gamers today want stuff handed to them on a silver platter mixed with the stuff that they're comfortable with and only what they're comfortable with. And and I I saw I saw the worsening of this when Elden Ring dropped and everyone's main complaint was. It was uh, there's no story and you're like, so they're like, it was either the game was too hard and there's no story or my favorite was the game looks like shit. And I'm like, I don't think we're playing the same game, dude. I don't think we're playing the same game. <laughs> and now, you know, I, I will admit, you know, yeah, sure. Every game is not for everyone. Like, you know, if game's not for you and you're not into that type of game and you didn't know that now, you know, but don't say a game sucks because you don't know how to play the game. You don't know how to find the lore. Don't just make or up something that's to obviously not true. Like the game looks like shit. If, the, if you're playing Elden Ring and the game looks like shit, it's your computer. Like I'm assuming you're playing on PC because there's no way it looks like shit on the PlayStation. But um, another reason I want to tell our listeners not to trust reviews, especially games that get review bombed do your research read some of them because some people actually have valid points but do your own research if there's a demo try out a demo because i said this i called this back in january i said for spoken's getting review bomb right now everyone's hating it right now in a few months they're going to be talking about how much of a gem it is after the sales have already tanked once it's had to go on sale and everyone has forgotten about it all of a sudden, people will start talking about Forspoken is actually a pretty good game. And don't you know, now we're in the summer, Forspoken had, has gone on sale, and they've announced a DLC. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say here and tell me if you see the, <laughs> the, the issue that I took with the game. Forspoken's main lead is a female, a black female. The game got review bombed. Everyone hated it. We're now running into the summer. 
They've announced a DLC. Female lead. A white female lead. Now suddenly the game is a gem. And I called it. I called it. As soon as the... And, I, and, and the thing is, Square knows it too. And they knew what everyone wanted. And they just were like, fine, we give. Here you go. And now all of a sudden, everyone has interest in Forspoken. Now it's a gem of a game. It wasn't as bad as people remember. It hasn't even been a year. What do you mean it wasn't as bad as people remember? It's been, it's been seven months. <laughs> like, what? Like, oh my God. Could you be any more obvious? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't know if you remember me and Yuli talking about this, but there was a game we were both excited for earlier this or earlier last month, uh, the Greyhill incident. We mm-hmm. were really excited for that. We've been waiting for that for a while and it, and it dropped. And uh, the game, I think it went on, I think it dropped at 20, like $24 or something, $24.99. And uh, I bought the game immediately. It was in my wish list. And I, I'm, I'm, I think Yuli had like already for like, an hour because apparently the game unbeknownst to anybody was only an hour long and it was buggy and it was sluggish. Like there was a lot of problems with the game and it just, it was very, but, but at the end of it, regardless of how good the game was or wasn't, or ended up not being whatever the case was, it was $24 for a game that, that was only about an hour. They didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. That is a, a, that's a good reason to review. Like, I don't feel like it got review bombed. All the reviews, I haven't seen a game get released and, and the reviews were immediately, it, it said mostly negative. There was like 300 reviews already. And this was like four or five hours after the game released. And everyone's like, already beat the game. The game's buggy, sluggish. And like, that obviously wasn't a review bomb. And it turned out to be very true. So there are times if a, if a game really sucks. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Typically, there'll be valid reasons, and it's, it's consistent across the board. And those, those good reasons tend to be like buggy or, you know, not optimized well for whatever system yeah. it's coming out on. Um, and then just graphically wasn't what they showed stuff like that. Um, and then in that rare case, the game only being an hour long for $24. Um, so yeah, when I see stuff like that, I'm like, that's valid. And it seems to be yeah. true because everyone's saying the same thing. 
but the review bombs are almost all different. They're almost all like none of them are about how buggy a game is or the length of it. Or if they say it's the story, they don't give details. They're just like story sucks. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know how I many movies I've watched and I've been like story sucks, but like maybe everyone else thought the story was awesome. Like that, that's not really a good reason to review bomb a game. Like if you're if you're gonna write a review for a game and you, you call yourself a gamer, you, you have an opinion, write a review, an actual review with details. Don't just mm-hmm. be like the game sucks and then give it a zero. Yeah, and that's exactly what they do. That's why when it says a game is getting review bombed, I know that there's pettiness at play. Because any game that's getting legitimately negative reviews for legitimate reasons doesn't get review bombed because Review bombs is basically like cancel culture. <laughs> yeah. So so it's the people who have nothing legitimate to to add to it that come in. And, and the reason I said earlier, I said I was pretty sure the Xbox community took part in the review bombing of Final Fantasy 16. Right now, 16 is exclusive to the PS5. It's a PS5 exclusive for now. And a lot of the articles I was reading that people were saying that, you know, that is working against them you know it, it's due to this tug of war between xbox and 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 sony which by xbox the way really they're really upset about playstation exclusives like yeah they're, they're, they're extra upset about it lately yeah because sony saying okay well if you're going to be buying up all this stuff we need to shine a light on the fact that you have no exclusives you have no ips and if we keep ourselves exclusive, people are going to start realizing that. And you can't make money off of the, the bill that we're footing, like with Square. Square and Sony have a long-standing partnership. Well, we've, we've talked about Sony this before. Square well. Sony's been in the game a, a little longer than, than Xbox or Microsoft yeah. and Xbox. And they have a good rapport with, a, with so many third-party creators. And instead of buying out these third-party studios, they make contracts and have good rapport with them. And then there's this back and forth of everyone's benefiting and they're making great games. Mm-hmm. Versus Xbox, Microsoft has been trying, trying. they have been buying out studios and companies for years and years and years. And it's, it's gotten even worse lately over the past several years than buying out studios. And now those studios are getting upset because the sales aren't there and more and more people are either switching or completely dropping Xbox. Yeah. And, and, and the games that are being released, what, what was the recent, was it, was it Bethesda? What was the recent game that recent studio that had a game drop on Xbox and it immediately, immediately. Oh, that Redfall. Yeah. Yeah. Redfall. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny because, you know, they had that big thing with the Starfield and that huge showcase of it. And I'm like, bro, you're basically trying to be Star Citizen, who's been doing that for like 10, 12 years with a budget, probably the equivalent of Bethesda. I mean, that guy's sitting on millions in his personal studio. There's a reason he has not finished the game. There's a literally like a reason for it. one being that makes him a shit ton of money. And two, it's it's probably nigh on impossible to finish a game of that magnitude. 
Um, and they're putting all their eggs in the basket for this game. And I'm like, one of two things is going to happen. It's going to release and be a buggy mess with half the features that they announced, or it's going to get canceled and then just never talked about again. And they just let the fan base <clears throat> clear their name for it. But yeah, when I was looking at the reviews uh, uh, for 16 and it, it was even said that some of them, people, when you trace the accounts, they could see they were coming from Xbox accounts. And it was like, <clears throat> they were bitter that the game is not on their console. So they wanted it to fail. A lot of people once wanted 16 to fail because they're like, it's not going to stand up to these other juggernauts of games. Well, come up, lo and behold, 16 is doing phenomenal. A lot of critics that's with the review bombing too. That's with the review bombing. And a lot of critics think it could be nominated for a game of the year. It's just that good of a game. And I said, how I surmise it came from the Xbox community as well. I said, well, one, Nintendo community doesn't care. They already knew they weren't going to get this game. So they're not even going to partake in this conversation. They're in the Nintendo environment. The PC community isn't going to care. They're like, we're going to get a port in like a year. Easy day. So we don't care either. And it's going to be optimized. And probably they're probably busy building mods for it already. So that only leaves the Xbox community. Because for the most part, the PlayStation community isn't going to do it. That's going to just come down to the Final Fantasy fans. So for the most part, the PlayStation community as a whole isn't going to do it. So once again, that just leaves the Xbox community. And we know just how much they deep throat <laughs> Microsoft. <laughs> so because their first argument was like, well, they're going to only going to be hurting themselves because when they release 15, the sales uh, between PlayStation and Xbox were great. So now 16 is going to come out and look at that. Oh, it's underperforming. I'm like, dude, it's not even been a month. And just to show that they didn't know what they were talking about, the sales have actually skyrocketed almost beyond what 15 had. Cause you, you got to give a game about a month or so, four or five weeks before you can actually start gauging how well it's going to do. Because a lot of gamers and you and me do this. A game will drop. Maybe we're excited about it, but we wait a few weeks for the bugs to come out and for the game to be optimized and to hear about like whether or not it's really worth our money. And then we'll end up getting it. So a lot of times we'll see sales for games double or triple a few weeks after the game drops. Yeah. And it's some of the, us are the, smarter. We, we wait a little bit. Not everyone wants to give <clears> us and, our and 70 bucks for, back. <laughs> and that's the thing the sales for 16 have been phenomenal phenomenal people who've actually given the game a chance and played it for themselves have loved the game they've loved it so all i can say is i, I wish people would be their own judge take reviews even professional reviews from your top sites take them with a grain of salt you know, do your own homework. Look for a demo. Um, look at if a game is getting review bombed, take those reviews with a grain of salt. Well, and you know, I've noticed that the, the, the gamers of the gaming community that truly care about a specific, a specific IP, 
they tend to be the ones that will download the demos when they're available and play them and then give the feedback because that's what the demos are for. They're for feedback because they want that game to yeah. succeed. They want that game to be good. So if you actually care about a game and you want it to succeed, play the demos and give the feedback because they do pay attention because that's what that's the purpose of the demo. They want that feedback. And the thing is, the demo the demo was available for for a good like couple of weeks, honestly. Um, and no one had anything to say about it then. And it's a good portion of the first part of the game, a good portion of like the first chapter of the game available. All the combat mechanics made bare. The world you're in made bare. People would have known then what they were getting into. And I was like, no one had an issue then. So that means none of you played the demo. Few people will come in and they said, oh, I played the demo for like 24 minutes and I, I got bored. Cool. It's not for everyone. Some of you need bright, cheerful colors uh, of Fortnite. Yeah, I get it. Play the demos. Be like, like, you can't be mad that you hate a game when there was a demo available and then you didn't play the demo. Now, it would be different if it was the versions of demo. You know, sometimes they're only for you know, certain people, certain you, know, you apply to play the demo, the betas and stuff. That's yeah. a little different, but for the most part, just regular demos are available to everyone. Like, don't don't buy a game after not playing the demo and be mad that you didn't like the game. If, exactly. if, I, if I expect a game to be 50, 60, 70 bucks, I'm going to play the demo. And, and I don't know. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's because when I grew up, you you rented a game to see if you wanted to buy it. Mm-hmm. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. So It's like all in or... We play the demo. <laughs> And the fact that Square, a top developer, because a lot of top devs, they don't put out demos anymore. You're usually going to get demos from like indie devs. A lot of the big ones are like, just give us your money and we'll we'll fix it if we want to. Seven Days to Die. They've been in a, I guess it's a beta or alpha. They're making (laughs) up numbers now. (laughs) They're just making up up a whole new category. Most games have a demo or a beta. They're like, "Uh, we'll start with Z and get the A. (laughs) <laughs> like an alpha 2.5999783 or some shit that's how that's how they can get away with having bugs and problems but, and all but they're also like a nine dollar game <laughs> and like it's you know it's an indie game so you expect it yeah but um but the fact that square put out a demo we should just be glad that they even did that they didn't have to do no. that i think and... it's a smart move though and and yeah, I've never, I've never like looked up the numbers or statistics for this, but I would, Im- I would imagine, and this is just kind of from my point of view, from what I've seen with games, it seems like games that that have demos tend to do better down the road overall for like sales and stuff because they were able to put it out there for a couple of weeks, get feedback, and kind of ideally give people what what they wanted or fix issues ahead of time before the game dropped. I don't think Cyberpunk did that, did they? I think they they pushed it no, back Cyberpunk several times and then they released it, and it's like, uh, okay, no one, no one. But that I think yeah. that was a different. That was a whole other thing. I mean, that, that game shouldn't have been released until until it was PS5 exclusive ready. The um, once again, the gaming community is a huge portion of the blame there because as and and, and I'm not saying it's. All their folks like 50-50. The other half are the investors who really wanted CD Projekt Red to push it out because they wanted the money from the game. So as the promo 
creeped out, we started demanding the game as well. So it was kind of like the investors got the ball rolling. They pushed it and let us do the rest of the work. Cause they were like, well, we want money off of yeah. this game and we see potential. We got Keanu Reeves on here. We want that money. Yeah. So if we get the fans worked up, they'll do the work for us and put the stress on the devs to release the game faster. Well, it was, it was optimized for the Xbox and the PlayStation four, but it should have been, cause I, I said PS five ex- exclusive, but it, it wasn't what I meant. Like what I meant by that was uh, it should have been, it should have only come out specifically for the Xbox one. And the PS and the PS5 so it was optimized and ahead of time, and people were trying to play on a PS4 and prior Xbox and PCs that were ready to play a game like that. Like you know, it, it's like they they released a game that was a little graphically ahead of its time, honestly mm-hmm. by several months. We probably honestly, if if they follow the timeline they wanted, we probably still wouldn't have it. <clears throat> and if we did, um. It would it would have definitely come out in a better state if they were able to do it how they wanted. I think investors got scared that it would get canceled, so they didn't want it to get canceled because it was this huge project that was in, mentioned years ago, and they wanted to get you know once again they wanted to get that money because once they had to move the launch date forward on hardware they didn't want to put it out on. There was a big part that everyone was looking forward to that completely got stripped. I don't know if you remember what it was, but it was supposed to have virtual virtual reality. Yeah. It was supposed to have virtual reality. But then they looked and they were like, the PS4's VR is too dated. Um, Xbox doesn't even have VR. <laughs> and, you know, most people it, who have it, a PC. V, uh, well, at the time, and I mean, this was just a couple years ago. At the time, I mean, VR was more expensive and harder to get then than it is even now than it is now i mean yeah. i don't think we realize it because we feel like we're in a different timeline and shit keeps happening every week but two years ago like two years ago was what that, that's a long time for for vr to come as far as it has because it, it kind mm-hmm. of exploded along with like ai and everything else we talked about so i i think i i can't imagine a cyberpunk on that vr that, that PS5 VR2, that, that thing is crazy, man. I think if they wanted to, they could do it uh, on the VR2. The whole thing is, with VR, it's almost like recreating the game. Yeah, the, 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 when I played Resident Evil 8 a little bit on the VR2, VR like, it, was, it was very awkward. It was, it was beautiful. It was really cool, but it was definitely like buggy, not smooth. And it was hard to control. Like it's a lot of stuff. It's so much different than just playing on a controller, a mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done there with like figuring out how to make that a smoother transition to VR. But it was really cool and it did look amazing. Yeah. And and trust me, I would love to walk the streets of nights. And you can tell from how the game was created that they had VR in mind. That you know, there's no third person view except for like two cutscenes in the game. So that means they, you know, and your characters model and stuff. So, you know, they built the game with VR in mind. It's the whole thing takes place in a first person perspective. Um, so who knows, maybe after this DLC and they get the game in a solid state, there might be a chance that it comes back around. Uh, 
years later, I'm 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 pretty sure they could. The the VR two is going to be around for a good while. It like just launched, and it's it's one of the top of the line right now. Is um is Star is Starfield for the that, that's that's the game that Xbox is is show, yeah, that's their exclusive. And everyone's excited for. Are they trying to do? Is that supposed to be what Star Citizen is? Is that the scale of? Because I, I'm I'm asking this because it's, it's Star Citizen basically for the Xbox. People. I'm asking this because you know I have my I have my thoughts on Star Citizen, but ultimately I will not deny that Star Citizen is a very cool game. Yeah, and it's a very technical game, very especially technical. when you're pilot. As a matter of fact, I can't imagine. I, I, yeah, I'm saying this from your your, your perspective. Piloting. Yeah, you, you need a joystick. Mouse and keyboard just yep. does not. You're gonna lose to someone. And and there's all the planets, all the insane amount of things you could do and to make money, and it's just it's insane. And even now, well over a decade later, the game is not perfect, it's not finished. But for what it is, it's definitely pretty, pretty epic. For, for what it is. I will not deny that it's an awesome game. With that said, is Microsoft, I'm just curious, like is Starfield supposed to be what Star Citizen is? Are they trying to do that? Because I can't imagine a game like Star Citizen succeeding on a console at all. It doesn't matter who's doing it. I can't imagine it succeeding whatsoever. Sony, Microsoft, doesn't matter. The game is too big. It is too it is too much for just a console and you really, it's too technical. It's, I don't know. Starfield and, and that game's is been, the hybrid. It's been getting updates oh. and work, worked on for over a decade. It's not like they just dropped yeah. the game and they're like, here you go. I mean, when they dropped the game, they were like, here you go. But it was much smaller. Than that. Star, Starfield is the hybrid of two still in the work, successful, but successful games. It is the hybrid of No Man's Sky, current No Man's Sky, which is a phenomenal space exploration game right now that finally has everything it promised us and more. Um, and Star Citizen in terms of what it looks like, the worlds we're used to seeing, uh, but they with a hint of the cyberpunk Night City luster. But in terms of what they're going for, it's definitely No Man's Sky meets Star Citizen creating Starfield. And <clears throat> just from the few minutes I watched of the showcase, I immediately was like, oh, that's from No Man's Sky. Oh, that's definitely from Star Citizen. Oh, that's from No Man's Sky. That's from Star Citizen. That looks like Cyberpunk. So basically, they're just trying to create this hybrid game of these games that have a thriving community, a long lasting community. Star Citizen is proven to have probably one of the longest lasting communities for an unreleased game. We're talking like 13, almost 14 years now of this, of this game with a community that continues to expand. So that's telling them there's a demand for a space exploration game with limitless potential. People want that. That's why Star Citizen continues to thrive. Cool ships, that whole 
getting to live your life as whatever. Like when we played, we were miners and mercenaries. Look how many hours you and I would spend just mining Quantanium. Yeah. And, and we were so technical about it. You, you, you had to. <laughs> we were so technical you had to about, be technical it. Like, about uh, it. That, that game, yeah. it's, it's a technical game. It, it, it's fun. It, it, you can get lost in it for forever, man. I, Jesus, that game is a, a, a yeah. time sink. But it, it's fun. I just, I don't know. Like in my head, if that's kind of what they're shooting for at launch. It seems like they should have put it on, and I, you know, I, so I'm going to get some hate for this one, but hear me out. Putting that kind of game on PC first, just for a little bit. Because a, a game like that would do much better on PC. I can't imagine playing Star Citizen on a fucking controller. I don't think you can. Not, not a game like Star Citizen. De- definitely not a game like the flight controls alone. I literally had to get a a Hotas setup because yeah. there was just too many buttons. But but <laughs> was was, I, mean, I don't want to like I don't mean to like shit on a game before it even comes out. I mean I I love Star Games in general. Anything to do with like being in space and stuff. I I do hope it does well because um, I would like it to be on PC so that so that I can enjoy it. But it just seems like a huge chance to take on a game like that to just put it on console. Yeah. And, and I, Microsoft is trying really, really hard to have something that makes them come back on top. So they're really leaning into this. Then focus on your PC games man. like, you know, I, 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 I'm not one to be like PCs better or anything because I, I love my PlayStation. But it, there's no shame in saying, hey, a game, this game is for PC only because only a PC can truly handle this level of optimization and graphics and technicalities. Mm-hmm. And I think we can both agree that there are games that do not translate well from one to the other at all. You ever tried playing a Souls game with mouse and keyboard? It's not. If you can beat a Souls game with mouse and keyboard, my hat goes off to you. Because I certainly Yeah, I don't like mm, There's nope. just some translation. So I, a game like that just doesn't seem like it would be. But we'll see when it comes out. We'll see. Maybe yeah. it's not going to be as technically inclined as Star Citizen. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, those are our thoughts on, on that. Definitely want to know. What you guys think but before you go uh today's podcast is brought to you by us here at osn <laughs> um so are you looking to start a podcast or take your current podcast to the next level osn offers professional editing services for podcasts of all lengths whether you're in need of mixing and mastering seo show notes transcriptions or audiograms we have you covered our team of experienced and highly skilled editors and audio engineers can transform your content and make it pleasing and ready for your audience so that they will keep coming back for more. We understand how important it is to have quality product delivered every time. That's why when working with us, you can rest assured at knowing that each and every episode will be edited thoroughly so that you don't miss any opportunities to connect with new listeners. Sign up now on our website, osntacmedia.com and let us help make your podcast sound amazing. 
Also, if you guys enjoyed this podcast and you want to support the show, you could do so by checking out the links in the description down below. Or if you're listening on Apple, the links will be in the show notes for you as well. And check out our store, osnmediashop.com and grab yourself some exclusive merch. Both Warners and I are wearing some merch that you can get right in the store. Only gaming t-shirt and the Respawn Reload Revenge t-shirt. So go check it out. Support your favorite podcasts. Like and subscribe. Really helps us out. Anyway, we would love to hear your thoughts. So hit us up on Discord. Let us know. Do you listen to the review bombs or do you make your own sound decisions? We want to know. Hit us up. Anyway, you guys have been amazing. Take it easy. Look out for yourself and each other. We'll catch all you wonderful people on the next podcast. Later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.